0: You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's show, we've got another fun crossover episode featuring Cole Thompson, from Locked On Aggies, and he's an NFL writer for fansided.com. Be sure to check out Cole on Twitter, at Mr. Cole Thompson. And, of course, Missouri plays Texas A&M in basketball tomorrow, but you know what? I lead the ship. I steer the ship the first half of this show, and I lead off with some Jimbo Fisher college football playoff talk all that good stuff. So if you're a football fan, there's plenty of it in here for you. And if you like hoops, well, we certainly preview the Missouri-Texas A&M game in depth as well. So without further ado, here's me and Cole Thompson. All right, well, you know what, Cole? Even though we have basketball tomorrow between Missouri and Texas A&M, I actually do want to start with football because obviously the Aggies – have been a huge part of the national conversation the past few weeks. Quite simply, Cole, I'll just ask you, should Texas A&M have been in the college football playoff?
0: So the biggest thing with Texas A&M being in the college football playoff is you have to go back and look at the history of this past season. Now, Ohio State did not play a full 10-game schedule, which hurt them. And I actually was on a Zoom call with Dabo Sweeney, and he even said, the reason I didn't – Put them in my final four, even in the top 10, wasn't because they weren't a the top 10 program. It's because they don't have enough games to justifiably play it. However, the other thing that I look at is Ohio State and AM were the final two. It came down to those two to really get in this conversation. And when you break it down, the thing that really is funny is the actual reason AM did not get in is because of the Alabama game. Alabama beat AM by 28 points, 52 to 28. The final score of the national championship was 52-24, 28 points. The exact reason why they said A&M did not deserve to be in the college ball playoff is the exact same reason and the exact same score that Ohio State put up against Alabama. So in my opinion, it's not that Alabama and A&M would have been a boring game. You and I both, we live in the SEC region. We cover the SEC We've known about this program and the rivalry of what SEC football brings. But you have to make more than just a justifiable point of, oh, it, fair is fair. This was all about what markets to most around the country. And even though Ohio State was able to take down Clemson, there now is a justifiable argument to say a and is deserving of that number four spot. I think when you see a and finish in the top four, the highest ranking they've ever had since 1939, it definitely makes sense of why they should have been in the conversation.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about the exact same score ramifications there for sure. But, you know, I was just thinking, obviously the fans are happy with Jimbo Fisher at this moment, but how are the A&M fans feeling about Jimbo coming into the season? You know,
0: I, I got a lot of different people talking and it was very much mixed results. Some said, well, we have him 10 years, 7.5 million a year. This is going to be something that we have to build over time. Then you flip it and it's, well, we're supposed to be considered the next Alabama. We're supposed to be considered the better than Auburn, the next Georgia, the rising star, and Dan Mullen in the same amount of time has been to two New Year's Six Bowls and gone 2-0 and in those games. So we're paying less at Florida for a coach who has less of a resume but is getting better results than we're getting at Texas A&M. Now, keep in mind, last season was the first time since 19, I think it was 29 or 28, that a team faced the number one, two, and three preseason AP teams all in one season. Not only that, it's the first time in FBS history a team has faced the number one team three different times on an occasion with Alabama, Clemson, and LSU all throughout the season. So a 7-5 year last year really is not that much to complain about. The game that would have been the complaining one would have been the Auburn game early on in the season. Auburn was also a top 10 team last year, so I think a lot of people didn't realize what kind of schedule A&M had last year, but when you look at what's going into the future of A&M, and now it's a full class of Jimbo Fisher style players, they're no longer Kevin Sumlin guys on the roster, except for the few opt-ins who are coming back for their fifth year. This is really his team now. This is now in his image. This is now exactly what he was looking for to build up for the future of the program so you look at the recruiting classes four top 10 finishes I think Jimbo is in the right mindset and again it took four years for him to take Florida State to the national title this is year four for Texas A&M a lot of different teams in the SEC are going to be looking for new quarterbacks A&M is going to be one of them but A&M has a three-headed monster in the running backfield that will definitely I think help out whoever is under center in 2021.
1: Yeah, I think that's, those are all really interesting points. Certainly the Aggies look like a program on the rise. Like you say, if, if those first two Jimbo recruiting classes, if they really pay dividends this fall, you're looking at a team that could be competing for another college football playoff for sure. But Cole, what would an episode of Locked on Mizzou or Locked on Aggies be without a reminder that at betonline.ag, our listeners have a really, really special offer for them. Go to betonline.ag today, sign up for a free account, use the promo code locked on, and guess what? You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. What does that mean? Well, when you sign up for a betonline.ag account, you fund your account with your first deposit. Whatever you deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your deposit. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins with your friends at Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Frankly, Lee once again is on absolute fire picking college football, college basketball, NBA, and, of course, even the NHL all winter long. So subscribe to Lock On, Locked On, Bats, wherever you get your podcasts. You know what? Let's transition to basketball here. Obviously, the Tigers and the Aggies playing tomorrow. You know, it seems like this is sort of, if I'm looking at it, this Buzz Williams squad, seems like your typical – slow the game down, hey, let's play some defense, kind of Buzz Williams basketball. And you know what? At first, that seems like maybe not a great matchup for the Tigers, but this team doesn't seem to have a lot of shot blocking or rim protection. By this team, I mean the Aggies. So what about what do you think about this Aggie team so far, and how do do you think they might match up with Mizzou? So
0: the biggest thing to take away from A&M is in every single loss they have this year, they have failed to score more than 56 points. In their win over Mississippi State on Wednesday, they actually scored just 56 points. That's the lowest they've held a team this season who uh, finished with 54 points. But on top of that, that's the lowest Mississippi State has scored all year. So this really was a good defensive battle by A&M in the second half who trailed by 11 going into halftime. But You did bring up a good point. They don't really have a great blocker in the middle. Josh Nebo was the guy last year. They haven't really been able to replace his production with the blocks. You're asking Emmanuel Miller, who's more of a shooting forward, a guy who probably plays your three more than he plays your standard small forward role to really be also playing that, that uh, number five role right in the middle of the court. They don't really have a big man to kind of take away the blocks be really, really effective on the rebounds. Most of their rebounds don't come underneath the rim. They come from inside the paint. So those are all things that I think play in favor of a team like the Tigers. But you also have to realize that it's as much of a defensive battle as it is an offensive battle for a team like Missouri. Missouri scores often. They score a lot. They're able to put up a number of points early on in the game. So they're going to have to continue to build that lead against a team that is known for causing A lot more of passing. And what I mean by that is you look at the time of possession, I think it's about 25 seconds off each shot clock is how much time it usually takes for a shot to get off when facing against a Buzz in defense. So that's something that I would take into consideration when looking at it. It's going to be how can you get your shots to go? How much, how high of a percentage can you get your buckets in? And more than any of that, it's how consistent can you be shooting from the field goal range?
1: So one thing I, that's kind of blown my mind just following the Aggies the last couple of years, during his sophomore season, Savion Flag was a really impressive player to me. And in fact, I think during conference play, he actually led the entire conference in minutes. But now as a senior, it seems like he's almost a bench piece, like maybe even their seventh man. What's the deal with Savion Flag?
0: So the thing with Savion is he really is the sixth man. I, I mean, you're not entirely wrong with saying that he is kind of the bench player, but he's that rotational guy. When you think of it, think of James Harden really early on in his career with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He'll play a lot of minutes. I mean, he's averaging, I think, the third, the second or third most minutes at 28.2 minutes per game, but he comes off the bench a lot. That's because if they want to try out their younger talent, guys like Andre Gordon, Uh, guys like Jonathan Aku, they want them to be able to kind of build around for the future, but they trust Flag to be kind of the perimeter shooter. He's shooting 42% uh, from the field goal range. He's shooting uh, 40% from behind the arc and he's 76%, which is the highest at the free throw line. So in a way, the thing that's really funny is most teams now have to have that six man be so essential. If one of your starters is not playing, it's why a team like the Houston Rockets use eric gordon and he doesn't play just your two your one he plays as just your six man whoever is struggling he comes on the paint and makes the buckets and has a good chance of scoring inside the zone so i think that's kind of what flag is he's your safety net he's your top option that helps you win consistently on the field that's what you look for in a guy like flag and i think that's kind of his role moving forward
1: also, you know what? I'm just curious about something. Obviously, this has been a very strange season. Typically, Reed Arena is a tough place to play, but you know, obviously not the usual crowd. What about the yell leaders? Do we have yell leaders at Texas A&M this year? Because we definitely don't have any antlers at Mizzou Arena right now.
0: So you still have them, but it is at a limited capacity. Uh, I think last game against Tennessee, there was a total of I think it was 1200 people in the stands and that was spread out between an arena that fills almost 10,000. So, I mean, when you think about it, the, the the size of the arena is super tough to play in because there's so many levels, but the yell leaders are there. They're just at a limited capacity.
1: And now quickly a word from our friends at rockauto.com. And you know, one reason to repair and maintain your own vehicle is to save money. And use that money that you've saved on more important things like your mortgage or actually eating. How about that? So why would anybody spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a car dealership? Well, frankly, there's no reason to at all because of rockauto.com with its unique and remarkably easy catalog, Best of all, RockAuto.com prices are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. So go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your vehicle, and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And if you want to hear more about the Tigers, the Aggies, and all the teams around the conference where it just means more. Well, check out Locked On, the SEC, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Mizzou's coming in at 7-2, and two, and they are a top program this upcoming season. That says a lot about this team. Ranked 17 in the, uh, on the year. When you look at this Mizzou team, what have you been most impressed at? With a year removed from being one of the more average teams in the SEC.
1: Well, you know, frankly, a lot of that is health for this team. You know, Jeremiah Tillman, one of their best players, missed a lot of time last season. But honestly, I think it this team's success so far, insofar as it has been successful, a lot of it just comes down to experience. This is one of your more experienced teams in the entire country. They have a lot of continuity now. And again, just... They're healthy. That's really all there is to it. I I think that explains it more than anything. And honestly, Missouri's gotten off to, you know, even though there have only been nine games so far for Missouri, you could almost say it's been a tale of two seasons. Missouri has a couple, well, really three impressive victories, certainly over top 25 teams in Illinois and Oregon, also a good road win against Wichita State. But once Missouri played Bradley, it seemed like Bradley – had figured out a formula to beat the Tigers, and that's clog the paint in the half court, get back defensively, don't let them get early transition points, and it's really been tough for the Tigers to score in the half court the last four games.
0: The thing that I really like about this that you mentioned is health, and that's something that's really big for teams, especially that are veteran teams, and you look at what Conzel Martin has done in his four years with the program. His first year, he finished fourth in the SEC. The last two years, they've ranked in the bottom four of SEC teams. Now they're ranked again, seven and two. You mentioned the Illinois game. You mentioned the Wichita State game on the road. I do wonder, with the whole Greg Marshall situation, did that play a part into it? But Kunza Martin is a coach who is kind of middle of the pack. Nobody really mentions his name as one of these top SEC guys, he's not really put in the same category as a Buzz Williams or an Eric Musselman or a John Calipari or Rick Barnes. What has he done this season that is so different than the last two years combined?
1: Well, you know, I think probably the most different thing, and I think we saw this again, mostly the first five games is that he kind of let the reins off in terms of pace we got out in transition a lot more tried to get more early baskets and also frankly again when it comes to being a little bit taking off loosening the reins a little more I should say I think Xavier Pinson has been really allowed to play through his mistakes a lot more this season he's been Missouri's lead guard their lead offensive player. He uses most of their possessions by far compared to anybody else on the team. And for the most part, he's been really effective. Now, certainly every once in a while, Pinson is going to have a head scratching turnover to where you're just wondering what the heck he's thinking. But, you know, sometimes you got to, you got to, got to live with the bad just to get all of the good that he brings to the table. And I give Konzo a lot of credit for that. But, you know, for the most part, I think he's still the same guy. He still wa- plays the same style defensively and I think his defensive deficiencies on offense are still there, especially when it comes to maybe not drawing up, say, the best inbound plays in the world, for instance.
0: Xavier Pinson, number one on the court, number one in scoring for the Missouri Tigers. I think he's also number two in minutes, number two in rebounds, and number uh, number one in assists this year. Pinson's a junior. Pinson's a guy who kind of led the team last year. You get him back with uh, Tillman, uh, Jeremiah Tillman, the senior. These two combine at a one-two combination, one behind the arc, one in the paint. What does it mean to have a, a, a two combination guys who allow you to spread the ball consistently in two areas that are so important to an offense? Well,
1: you know, actually, I think their most effective play is, in fact, Xavier Pinson and Jeremiah Tillman in the pick and roll. Now, Tillman is certainly an effective guy with his back to the basket as well. But I think, man, when you have Tillman and Pinson, again, together in that high screen and roll, again, Pinson is so quick off the dribble, one of the quickest first steps in the country. And then you've got Tillman, one of the best finishers in the country, big, strong, six 10 260-pound senior. I mean, really – The irony is as effective as that play is and effective as both of them has been as as offensive players, that play would be almost unstoppable if Missouri just had maybe one more shooter. Certainly two more shooters, they'd be probably one of the best offensive teams in the country. But as it is, the floor spacing just is not there, and that's always going to cause problems for this Missouri team because, frankly, again – it's not as though we know who these guys are. With all that experience, is all, all that's great for continuity, but it also tells you that it's not like all of a sudden Mitchell Smith, who has been playing since the Obama administration, is going to suddenly learn how to be a 35% three-point shooter. It's just not going to happen.
0: I, I totally get that. Now, there is something that I do want to bring up, because it's really funny that both these teams have the same loss to the same team. And that is, of course, the Tennessee game. Tennessee, one of the top teams, not just in the SEC, but in the country this year. A&M was down 37-30. to 30. They could not stop uh, the volunteers in the paint. When you look back at that Missouri game, what was the reasoning behind the struggles against Rick Barnes' squad?
1: You know, mostly it was that Tennessee had the Tigers completely discombobulated offensively, especially in the half court. Again, I think Bradley gave the blueprint on how you beat the Tigers, get back number one, but especially when you clog the paint, you know, it's one thing to clog the paint with Texas A&M's roster. We'll see how they do with it. But Tennessee in particular, especially their wings guys like Eve ponds, you know, especially and Josiah James Jordan, they just have a lot of length in that backcourt and that type of thing bothers Missouri's, especially front court, or I'm sorry, backcourt players offensively, because they're not necessarily above the rim players. Other than Jeremiah Tillman, they don't have a lot of strong above the rim, like I will cram this ball down your throat at the rim type players. So it's going to take a lot of tricky you know, layup type finishes that were frankly just getting rejected by guys like Eve Ponds over and over again. So hopefully Missouri can find a way to just get some space in the paint.
0: Not going to lie, you look at this team and you look at how both of these squads are coming in. Both the seven wins have an opportunity to make an impact in the SEC race. Before we go and break down our quick hits, I just want to get your thoughts on Missouri football. This is the new era in the Eli Drinkowitz era. The one thing that I really like about Drinkowitz is he comes from a small program in Appalachian State, but brings that small program mind to a program that is going to eventually I think flourish in a division like the SEC East in your first year of the Eli Drinkwitz program what were you so impressed with
1: well you know if you were alluding to the fact that he brings some offensive innovation over from App State I, I would agree I, I think I was most impressed by his ability to game plan especially in the LSU game I thought Missouri just had a it was almost an Andy Reid like approach with all types of jet motion and just you know plays that that you weren't exactly expecting in different periods of the time but most of all I think you you have to be most impressed with Eli Drinkwitz recruiting so far. Now certainly we don't have a Texas A&M top 10 Jimbo Fisher recruiting class coming in, at least not on paper, right? But even on paper, I think, you know, this 2021 class coming up is ranked something like, you know, 20 to 25, depending on where you look. And and for Missouri, that's a big deal. That's, I think, their first or second best class in the last 10 years or so. And it sure seems like the momentum is continuing into 2022 as well. Missouri's in on a lot of big names. So if they can raise their recruiting profile Quite frankly, that's the biggest thing you can do in college football. We can talk about the X's and O's all day, but frankly, you get you get the Jims and the Joes. That's stupid cliche, right? I, I'm just telling you, though, the more, the more good players you get in, you can actually raise your recruiting profile to a place like Missouri. There's nothing you can do that's better than that.
0: The one thing that I love is his reaction to finding out that Ennis Straw decided to declare to him last year It might be the best video out there on the market. Whoever they bring in as the new defensive coordinator this upcoming season is going to be in for a big-time treat. I'm a big fan of Eli Drinkwitz. I'm a big fan of Scott Satterfield, what they did for the Mountaineers. I think Missouri is going to be in great hands with the likes of Drinkwitz for the future. When we come back in just a quick moment, let's do our quick hits, top names to watch for in this game, and, of course, score predictions. All right, time for score predictions. I'm here with my main man, John Miller, from Locked On Mizzou. John, let the good people know of Lock on Agnes where they can find your work.
1: Well, of course, you can follow the show on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, just search for Locked on Mizzou, and you can find me on social media anywhere at Locked on Mizzou.
0: There we go. All right, John, one player, one player who has struggled all season for Mizzou has a shot to make a name for himself against AM. Who are you going with? Name on the line. <sighs>
1: Well, gee, that's a that's a tough question. I, I think I think struggle would be too harsh of a word for this particular player. But I think I've said this on the show before, I think Drew Smith, we really need him to step his game up offensively a little bit, especially to me when he's the lead guard and Pinson's out of the game. I think it'll be interesting to see what Smith is able to do. And he's a guy, you know, he's a point guard, combo guard type player, but despite that fact committed way too many fouls this season at times. We need him to stay on the court. And frankly, when he has the ball, he's got to take care of it too because this Missouri team turns the ball over entirely too much. Frankly, the Aggies turn it over entirely too much too. So I honestly think whichever team is actually able to control the basketball will probably win tomorrow afternoon.
0: I think the line comes in at two and a half in favor of the Tigers. This line presented by betonline.ag. When you look at the over under in a team like this, do you take it or do you take the points?
1: Oh gosh, the over under or the line?
0: The line at two and a half. Uh,
1: so, you know, normally I don't love giving points on the road with a Konzo Martin basketball team or really any Mizzou team for the most part. But considering, again, yes, there'll be a a handful of Yale leaders in at Reed Arena, but considering the strangeness of this season, considering it's under three points, you know what? I think if you're going to force me to take a side, I will take the Tigers. Having said that, this is probably a stay away for me.
0: I totally understand it. You look at Xavier Pinson this past season, he's had some really good games. I think his best game was... Uh, If I'm not mistaken, it it was the Arkansas game where they got the 86 to 81 to 68 win. I think he shot a career high 45%. Do you bet him to shoot over or under 50% uh, in the field goal range? Uh,
1: You know, I'd probably have to say under just because that's typically where he's going to sit. And I do have a lot of respect for Buzz Williams as a defensive coach. Again, it'll just be interesting to see how the entire team, including Pinson in particular, is able to score in the painted area, because again, that's something Mizzou's really struggled with other than maybe the Arkansas game. Tillman just, he definitely feasted in that one.
0: All right. You got any quick hits for me?
1: You know what? Actually, I do have one quick hit for you. Whatever happened to Billy Kennedy? <laughs> because it seemed to me that A&M had a nice program going there for a long time. The last couple of years, it obviously, it fell off with Billy Kennedy and A&M simply moved on and went with Buzz Williams. Did they just like the opportunity with Buzz? Or had something just really completely skidded off the tracks with Billy Kennedy?
0: You know, I think the biggest thing with the Billy Kennedy situation was it was also a brand new athletic director in Ross Bjork. And he wanted to bring in his own style of coaching. He wanted to bring in someone who he believed probably fits more of what he wants. And when the athletic director changes... The best way I put it is it's very similar to how a GM works in the NFL. When you bring in a new GM or you bring in a new head coach, they want to bring in their staff. They want to bring in their type of player. They want to bring in their type of coach. And you see this all the time with new head head coaches getting quarterbacks. You see this all the time with new GMs bringing in new head coaches to make their team in their image. And at the end of the day, it falls on them if they fail as an athletic director. So, a name like Buzz Williams getting Virginia Tech to the Sweet 16 in 2000, and I believe it was 17, all the way there from being kind of the little brother in the ACC to really stepping up. He had ties to a and as an assistant coach back in the early 2000s. So to bring someone back, like Buzz Williams, who has shown what it takes to win in a competitive conference like the ACC. I think that that really was the selling point for Bjork. And you have this option all the time. You see this all the time in the NFL. You see this all the time in college football. Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Billy Kennedy was good. Buzz Williams gives you a chance to be great in a conference that is winnable. I mean, you look at, I think, everyone knows the top two teams. It's Kentucky and Tennessee. And then that third team in the SEC every year, it can be someone different. You're seeing Arkansas starting to really improve. You're Alabama really improve. You saw a few years ago, Auburn go to the Final Four. Missouri looks really good at times. A&M can be right in that same conversation. I think with a guy like uh, Williams, it gives you that fact.
1: Yeah, that that makes total sense for sure. That's a good analogy. And, you know, I will just say, though, I think he's sitting out there for somebody, If especially, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a power five or, you know, high major team, I should say. If you're a mid-major squad, you're looking for a decent coach. I think Billy Kennedy is just kind of sitting out there for you. He's not, he's not ancient by any stretch of the imagination.
0: If Billy Gillespie can get a job at Tarleton State, Billy Kennedy 100% should be coaching somewhere <laughs> in basketball. Let's That's get our final score predictions, John. Do the Tigers get the win on the road?
1: You know what? I'm going to optimistically say they pull this one out by five. I'll go 65 to 60. Tigers win it.
0: Because of Andre Gordon, who came on really strong in the second half of the Mississippi State game, I'm going to continue this pathway and say that he is the main reason. I think he gets over 15 points. AM gets the 58-51 to 51 victory over the
1: Tigers. Oh, what a barn burner that would be, huh?
0: That is going to be a low scoring game. I tell ya. you halftime. It'll be 30-23 to 23, <laughs> something like that.
1: <laughs> that uh, sounds about right. Down. I'll just say Missouri really needs this ball game. That's another reason why I would favor the Tigers. I'd just lean that way because if they lose tonight, they're going to go to 1-3. and three. That'd be a real rough start for them.
0: It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, especially in conference play. From Locked on Aggies, Cole Thompson. From Locked on Mizzou, John Miller. You can follow us on social media at Locked on Mizzou, at Mr. Cole Thompson, and at Locked on Aggies. John, once again, thanks for doing this. I love doing crossovers. They're so much fun because it gives our fan base something to know behind the enemy lines.
1: I totally agree. I always have a blast with these crossovers. And, yeah, thanks for doing it, Cole. I appreciate you, man.
0: Make sure you guys are always listening here at lockonpodcast.com, wherever you get your podcast listening system. We'll see you on Monday for both John and I. Giggum, and Go Tigers.